0: Hey everybody, it's your boys, Halls and Steel, back again <laughs> for another Star Wars year by podcast. I wanted to take a, take that one out for a ride, Steele. Oh man.
1: Robbo's I think I think it's gimmick infringement <laughs> as much as he well, doesn't like the term gimmick infringement.
0: <laughs> it doesn't sound carny enough for him, gimmick of I listened to that episode today.
1: Wow, we're crossing the streams. This is just- I,
0: you know, a couple episodes, I tried out the patented steel. Hey, you guys, I think I'm just going to go down the list of Steel Wars bonus content and try everybody's intros.
1: Excellent. Love it. You can do the um, the YouTube intro, which is like, is this thing on? Is it streaming? Can you hear me? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, the anxiety of <laughs> trying to get that stuff going. That is... It out of line. Hey, um, so this is, yeah, Star Wars Year by Podcast. And we go through the awesome book, Star Wars Year by Year, A Visual History, Updated and Expanded. And this is episode 13. And we are up to 1980. And uh, Hawes and I just sort of find little articles throughout each year that we find interesting and then we just go talk about something else. It is, is quite organic in that yeah. way. Um, hey, but I've been thinking whores. Yes, sir. Um, I want to occupy people. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking normally we put every, every third episode up on the normal feed, and we save the rest for um, the Patreon. Okay. But I figure at the moment, maybe we should do every second one. Uh,
0: you know, things are crazy out there. Oh, when Steel is bending his rules involving
1: math. I love math. <coughs> I'm down, buddy. Let's do it. All right, and um, I think I think we might be able to bang out two today because these. Are, I, I feel like we'll get. Maybe it's going to be an episode of Page because. These are ripper pages. Like, when I was going through this before, I was just like, oh, this is juice. This is what it's about.
0: This is one of the most uh, exciting, like, this is one of the eras I was most excited to um, talk about. Because it's my favorite movie of all time that we're leading into.
1: Really? I'm looking forward to just, like, 86. Oh, that's when it's going to be
0: fascinating right <laughs> like that and, and i mean obviously like we're gonna have to have a real blowout for like what was it 96 for shadows of the empire
1: oh man that's gonna it's gonna have to be a, like a live episode so i was about to say i'll just fly to california for that one <sighs> um yeah, that would be I that like I, I feel like when we get to Shadows of the Empire, once we get to an actual Shadows of the Empire official mention, that like my book might catch fire.
0: <laughs> Dude, okay. Live episode for Shadows of the Empire. You dress up as as Dash Rendar, right? You. Thank you. And I dress up as Snuva.
1: Dude, imagine you got so (laughs) obsessed by it that you gave yourself a flat top. Oh no, that's I'm not getting I'm not
0: getting prosthetics or a mask. This we're going full on haircut, eye patch the whole deal. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listeners, listen, I know many of you are brimming with free time. I call upon you. And your, and your Photoshop programs. Let's get some um, whores as Snoover uh, Photoshopping going, please. Please. I wonder if it's time to do... Oh,
0: no, what we do is we update... Oh, oh, oh wait,
1: wait, wait. And and while we're at it, wait, I want to dip in for me. I, I You can have him next to um, Dash as me. I, I just don't want to go... I just, you know... I just I saw an opportunity there for me to get a little bit of attention, so I just wanted to just just nip that in the butt, okay?
0: Go ahead. Uh, I was, I was going to say, maybe when we hit 96, we get our buddy Evan to update the podcast. Oh. Our, me and you, Dash and Snoova in the Outrider.
1: I'm into the Outrider, man.
0: I am too. I wish the toy was a little better.
1: I feel like <clears throat> given a choice out of the Falcon and the outrider, like the Falcon's big and roomy, right
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: on long trips awesome on the on the open hyperspace planes, but just getting around on the day to day, going down to like space trader droves and stuff, right just parking it and driving it oh outrider you're zipping in you're zipping out. <laughs> Oh man, so
0: the what would be the next, so I guess it would be the third, the next big anniversary for Shadows of the Empire would be next year, right? 2021 would be the 25th anniversary. I say HasLab, crowdfunded, oh. to scale outrider.
1: I'll say it again. Ah, <laughs> oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Disney! This is what we wanted. <laughs> it's like a Photoshop of Dash and and Guri and Shizor <laughs> all in the cockpit for no reason. Man, Leia is Boosh. Always thought
0: that figure was a bit of a cheat. Right, right. I mean, I get, I get why they went with that, and you got to bring you know, it out. You got to bring gotta, it out. You got to bring it out, and it's easy enough to work in how she gets that costume or decides on that costume in between Empire and Jedi. But yeah, it, it feels like maybe we got a, we should have gotten a different Leia figure. Foreshadows the Empire and the Boosh costume could have been, you know, just part of the Return of the Jedi wave of figures or whatever.
1: Yeah, because I remember being at the time, and how we're talking about this is a masterstroke. stroke cause, um, a lot more interested in the new designs, like the Coruscant Guard Luke Skywalker. Dude, buddy, I,
0: w- I mentioned it last episode, I have a story about Coruscant Guard Luke Skywalker that I'm a bit, but I can't, I, I gotta wait.
1: Dude, I'm sitting on one myself. Like, It's killing I- me. what true star wars fan doesn't though yeah call it out the true fans the the (laughs) 96s are you a 96er horse
0: big time buddy
1: is that the right year 96 i hope i haven't been saying
0: 96 and it's it's 95 or some i i feel like it is 96 because it was the year before the special editions right like the special editions came out in 97 and i feel like um shadows of the empire was leading into that
1: hey it may have been 96 then but it's (coughs) 1980 now it is so um we should get into it but hey just before we get started i just want to say very happy to be podcasting with you, horse Been looking forward to this all day. Happy to yeah, have buddy. our friends around the world listening in. And uh our sickos. The we sickos. Can't forget our names. Well hopefully just just sickos in the the haws the, 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 the wars universe sicko's. Um, but they're of course the people that get the book out and read along to. Yes, exactly. And then you get the triple sicko. The sicko squares that listen to the podcast while reading the book, while live tweeting the podcast. It's beautiful. It's sick. That's what it is. It's sick. Sick. Blah. So I tell Harry, I go yucky, yucky. <laughs> he's um he's getting pretty good at the yuckies. A lot of yuckies these days uh 1980 in the first three months of 1980 ILM is still working on additional effect shots secrecy surrounds the production with few knowing what James L. Jones's dialogue as Darth Vader will reveal despite the critical success of the Godfather part 2 1974 oh my God oh. Oh, something just hit me. Uh, the reputation of the sequels is that they are never as good or as profitable as the earlier films. I just got to get this out of the way, Hawes. I know we were just about to start talking about something actually in 1980. Okay. But this this, this, this time that we've got inside, that Godfather giant like 10-hour cut. Oh. Oh, got to get my lips around that.
0: That's a way to put it.
1: Suck it dry.
0: (laughs) Whoa. um, Yeah, is is that
1: available to, like, purchase digitally or anything? Here's the thing. Tragic tale. It was on HBO. Right. And we were plowing on through it a couple years back, right? And it was taking a while because, you know, Jackie was pregnant at the time, so going to sleep you know, early and stuff. And then the month ticked over just like that. The old girl's gone. Brutal. I, uh,
0: I bought some movies digitally a couple days ago. Cause there was a sale going on and I did look at the Godfather collection, but I don't recall seeing that special 10 hour cut. I don't know if it is available.
1: No, I don't think it is, but there's like fan ones and stuff, so I'm gonna have to have a sniff. Mm-hmm. But oof! But um, sequels up until this point, whores, More to the point, um, like in in the eighties and the nineties, we got some banger sequels, some oh, yeah. that, that arguably are better than the original, right? But um, back then, like if you say it, Jaws and Jaws 2, The Revenge, Hmm. sequels quite often were like a a bad photocopy of the original hit.
0: Right. And when would... So, I guess at this point, as far as like a franchise goes, we would have had Planet of the Apes, right? And Um,
1: they, they get progressively smaller and lower in budget.
0: But, right, to the point where there's only a couple of apes yeah. in the movie. yeah.
1: But <coughs> if you're a pretty uh, hardcore apes fan, you're along, you're along with, you know, on the ride. Right. You, you're watching all five. You're battling, you're attacking, you're undergrounding, you're everythinging, you're mm-hmm. revenging. All of them. Hey, that t- Tim Burton, Planet of the Apes, worst ending of all time. Oh,
0: you mean the one he stole from Kevin Smith? Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, it, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this terrible movie, uh, it ends with, you know, the classic Planet of the Apes ends with them finding the Statue of Liberty on the... Uh, what? My bad.
1: Wait. It was our planet?
0: Yeah, the whole time. They blew it up. They blew it all to hell.
1: (laughs) What Um, a unit that dude was.
0: And then uh, in the Tim Burton version, he ends up on Earth, and he's at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., and Abraham Lincoln's head is replaced with an ape's head. And years before that Get your head
1: off him you dirty ape
0: (laughs) And Years before that in a Clerks or a Jay and Silent Bob Comic book There was this scene Making fun of Planet of the Apes And there was a scene Of the Lincoln Memorial With it's head replaced with an ape
1: Gotcha I remember Quite liking that film and sort of being pretty excited that there was going to be new Apes films. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sick. I can get around this. And then when they made those brilliant ones later on. Oh. Ugh. So good. But um, when they had that ending, soured.
0: Yeah. My not enthusiasm
1: not- had soured yeah
0: and I feel like it almost soured Planet of the Apes, like that sort of style of a Planet of the Apes movie you know mm. i I mean I guess things sort of work in a circle, so eventually we'll get back to that kind where it's not necessarily realistic apes like they did with the newer three movies but yeah i I feel like after that Tim Burton movie, their only choice to go forward was to go like a little more realistic and like less 70s sci-fi.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this today about um, Westworld, actually, because I'm I'm, I'm neck deep in season three, whores, riveted, caught up. Um, And I was thinking about the interpretation of the source material, like the original Westworld. Mm -hmm. It's sort of pretty, like almost a comedy with like half an hour of a low rent horror film at the end. Right. Um, and then how that got translated in just to the Planet of the Apes, those new ones, which are just so compelling. And Oh, sorry, no, into, into Westworld. And just same with the Planet of the right. Apes. Like, just like, if you just take a different angle, what you can um, do with it. And, um, or uh, Battlestar Galactica, right? Yes, exactly. And it's interesting as we go into 1980... And like we had the alternate universe possibility of where Star Wars could have gone with the holiday special. Like, of course, not with the singing, but sort of that sort of really low rent sequel fluff. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we sort of get like like Empire Strikes Back. Like, the original Battlestar Galactica is A New Hope. And then Empire Strikes Back is the reboot.
0: I can get behind that analogy.
1: Someone's got to. It's lonely, idea, hors when you're making <laughs> giant calls like this. But, um, yeah, it is like... I feel like Empire just did the perfect thing at the perfect time. Because it bounced back for Jedi and got Kitty again. But sort of Empire kind of like stretched it, like stretched what Star Wars could be and um, got a lot more and longer term fans in the process. Like it really gave like a grounding to the universe that older fans could um, sink their teeth into.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean... Their assessment, you know, like what they say here is that sequels are never as good or as profitable as the early film. I mean, I think it's safe to say one of those is correct and one of those is wrong. It's it's definitely as good as Star Wars Uh, wasn't as profitable, though. But that's just how these things go. You're not going to get like the I feel the, you know, Star Wars Phantom Menace Force Awakens box office craziness as a once in a Star Wars cycle event you know
1: mm-hmm. The <laughs> um, but then you've got the sequels that would have made more you know like like Aliens and, and Terminator 2 stuff like that yeah. they, like by the time like video everyone had caught up with it on video because mm-hmm. I definitely didn't see Terminator 1 in a theater
0: I didn't know Terminator was a thing until I saw trailers for Terminator 2. Ooh. And it was a huge thing, like on the playground. Kids were cool. obsessed with Terminator 2.
1: Buzz of the playground. Yeah. Um, how's this? When I, I would have been in grade one or two, so very young, we had a sandpit at the school, and... They were playing with Tuscan Raiders, I remember, in the sand pit. So, they're on brand. But in the game they were playing, these older kids, I was watching this game very intently, they had the sand people buried in the ground and the spikes on the top of their head were like activation spikes. And when you hit them, they bounced up and attacked.
0: See, that is... Kid ingenuity, right there, right.
1: It was it was a heated game. I remember watching it just like going, "This is sick. These, I, these these kids can go."
0: I have a much less charming sandbox tale from Uh-oh. probably around the same time. <laughs> this was before I had my first cat, right? So I remember hanging out in the sandbox, playing with. uh can't remember what we were playing with, like maybe like
1: um can, can, tonka can it, truck I just gotta stop you here. I can't wait to find out how you have not yet had a cat is going to play into this story much anticipation
0: oh, it does that wasn't just a random bit of info, so we're hanging out, we're playing with i think like tonka trunks trucks, like you know bulldozers or like uh cranes and stuff, and one of the kids in my class goes um. I just got a pet cat and I'm immediately fascinated. I'm like, Oh, what's that like? And he goes, he uses the bathroom in a sandbox. And I was like, wait, cause we had a dog at the time and as, you know, I as, as Harry would say, "Uh Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes to the bathroom in your house in a sandbox. And the kid goes, yeah, like this. And drops trowel and uses... He pulls a dr- Josh Trank in front of my eyes. Trank. Wow. Maybe it was Josh Trank. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tell my dad, right? He comes to pick me up, and he's like, What happened today? And I was like, Dad, uh, this kid told me he has a pet cat and that it poops in a sandbox. And then he pooped in the sandbox at work at, at school. And my dad thought I was making it up and the only reason i know my dad thought i was making it up is cuz i don't know if it was the next day or a couple of days later he was dropping me off at daycare or school or whatever and he was like he tells me the craziest things he says that one of his classmates pooped in the sandbox and he's all laughing and the teacher's like oh no that happened it was a thing we had to replace all the sand
1: <laughs> new sand i love yep. that i love that scene the next day you see the the truck there dumping the new sand just in the background of your life. There's dudes with like a
0: hazmat suit and a shovel clearing it out.
1: Man, I gotta say, if Harry comes home from school one day and tells me that story, he's getting a pretty good dessert. (laughs) It's ice cream all around. Maybe it'll be Harry that tells
0: the story. He's like, we got a cat. His name is Jerry.
1: No. <laughs> Do you know what my immediate defense is now with you? When you get me in one of those positions is to come up with a quick, brutal theory about who else those footsteps are <laughs> at the end of, um, Mandalorian episode five, the gunslinger. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. All right. You know what? I, I love that you and Robbo are doing the commentary tracks for the Mandalorian. I love it. They're so fun.
1: Se- season think- finale. Next episode.
0: What? Aren't you guys only up to s- episode five? Exactly. Oh, I, I think I got to i like, I was just going to say, I think I have to skip that episode for my
1: <sighs> own. <myself>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Toro episode. Can't oh, can't wait. Very excited. I'm actually nervous. Like, how can I live up to it, dude? If he,
0: okay, look, I know this is thinking ahead, and it's thinking maybe a little too positively about things, but if if celebration happens this year, and he is doing photo ops or
1: dude. autographs, you have
0: to accept us going together and getting you a Photoshop with that a photo op with that dude.
1: Dude, it's gonna. It's more likely that Josh Trank will be there signing. Oh, I know. <laughs> and a brown pen. Oh. Um, with a... Um, what is that? Mr. Hanky? What's that guy's name on South Park? That's him. Mr. Hanky, With a novelty pen. Um, Toro Calican. The bounty hunter extraordinaire, everyone. From Mandalorian. Episode 5. The Gunslinger. And um, if you don't know, the actor, Jake Carnival was very brutally unkind to The Rise of Skywalker um, when it came out, which was just after he'd been on the show. And then to double down, also then started going on about um, The Last Jedi. Hates them all. Was on the show two weeks ago. He's a classy guy. Love it. Love it. George Lucas says, in Empire. Wow. That's crazy. They made Empire in 1980?
0: I had no idea about that. Wow. I just have, you know, my my memories of Empire are way more recent than that.
1: Yeah, because it only ever came out here because they sort of had an Australian licensed version. Mm. So it was like... It was a local version using a lot of their content. I gotcha. My alarm just went off for no reason. Uh, But George says, I think it's a better film than the first one, but I have no idea what the rest of the world will think. Because it's a super risky thing. Which has happened to George since. Is that everyone else or a lot of other people have a different idea about what Star Wars is than he does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Story of his life. So, um... And I hope he's taking care of himself right now.
1: I think he'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he is. But I was thinking about that the other day. I hope old buddy George is holed up in his mansion just hanging out with the kids and the wife
1: I know what he's doing
0: I don't know probably watching old movies or recutting Star Wars
1: Um, imagine he just had a live stream <laughs> imagine he just became like a YouTuber all of a sudden Oh, my God. So, you know,
0: some one of the more popular things to do now, you know, lately is to, like, uh, FaceTime <laughs> Face or Skype with your family since you're all staying socially distant. And we did that with my parents. And I can only imagine, because my dad and George Lucas aren't too terribly apart in age, I can only imagine... The technical difficulties that i had but being george lucas instead of my dad yeah, is this thing on hello looking straight up his nose and stuff he doesn't know where to look in the camera
1: what we need is a hologram <laughs> i don't know what that thing was going on hey um this is etched in a lot of 80, 80s kids memories january The Muppet Show. Would you like to take us through it? Horse.
0: Mark Hamill guests on The Muppet Show, directed by Peter Harris. The episode also features Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, and Kenny Baker as R2-D2. The dual storyline alternates between sketches with Hamill and his cousin, Luke Skywalker, who hopes to rescue Chewbacca from a bunch of weird turkeys. Luke appears in "Pigs in Space" segment with Miss Piggy, performed by Frank Oz as, and Gonzo as Dirth Nader. <clears throat>
1: I was always a fan of the Pigs in Space series. Me too. Because it was in space. Come for really, the space, stay for the pigs. I
0: really wish they'd put the Muppet Show on uh, Disney Plus so we could watch these now. I don't think I'd watch it. You don't think so? Nah. I got stuff to do.
1: Mm. I Yes, yeah, so Love did Pigs in Space. But then this episode with Luke Skywalker was just gave a young child radioactive poisoning. It was it was so red hot. So good. Um, And then in February, they uh, double down. They're hitting up all the kids' hotspots. Droids on Sesame Street. Anthony Daniels appears as C-3PO with a radio-controlled R2-D2 on Sesame Street. After arriving by Flying Saucer, the droids deliver a holographic message for Oscar the Grouch and a player game of Blind Man's Bluff with Big Bird. Who mistakes a mailbox for R2-D2. Oh, that's ironic.
0: Yeah, considering it's ring theory. It's all connected. It
1: is. They ended up having official US Post Office R2-D2 post boxes. uh, Or mailboxes, as they say in America. Which apparently caused quite a quandary, whores. Because it's like like people wanted to steal them. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's like a gnarly crime. <laughs> yes, it is. To steal like a post box. But like there's something like so crazy about tampering with the mail. They they really frown upon it.
0: Yeah, and I saw one of those since I moved to Birmingham. And I moved here. I want to say this is my 13th year
1: living in Birmingham. Oh, my so, God. On, on, it's episode 13.
0: Oh, weird um, Yeah, I think they uh, They were around for a while And that one may still be there I just can't remember exactly where it was
1: Really? It could I, still be there? I
0: bet you Steve Sansweet
1: has one He's He does have one But I'm not sure If it is one
0: Or if it was like created for him
1: There's some weird story around it or he somehow got an exemption in getting it or something. There's, there's, there's a story there. How do you reckon he's going?
0: Oh, dude, I bet you he is just chilling in his mountain of Star Wars stuff. Just walking around telling himself interesting tidbits of trivia. Do
1: you reckon he's like just, like, imagine there was no one else there, right? Everyone else is, um, like they were away because there's is um oh my god i can't remember her name now but there is a lady that like lives on the premises as well right like sort of like in the apartment underneath oh my god can't remember her name but she's so nice she does like she sort of like runs the museum but just say they were away and it was just sand by himself and he's just walking up and down the aisles just muttering just like they said you had too many toys, Steve. They had. They had. When will you have to t- time to play with them, Steve? But uh, who's laughing now? <laughs> who's laughing now?
0: Uh, he's going to break, and all those vintage carded figures oh! that opened, and he's going to be playing with them. They're going to go in there in a month, and it's just going to look <gasps> literally <gasps> like a kid's bedroom from
1: 1977. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Oh, like the chips have been eaten. Like all the C three POs,
0: they were a little stale, but they're still good.
1: No, like when they come get him, and they're walking through the museum, and they see like the open of open box of three POs, and it's spilled on the ground. And then a few meters up the hall, there's like a big spew patch. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, my you
0: God. freaking Phantom Menace Pepsis by the caseload.
1: Oh, they would just be sludge. Yeah. Just sugar, <laughs> sugar goink. Yum. Wow, wow. Stay strong, Steve. <coughs> yeah, buddy. Um, But I wonder how... Like, so you've got Empire Strikes Backs coming out in May. And you've got Muppet show in January, February, you've got Sesame street. Like compared to now, I wonder how much of like a coordinated marketing plan it was, or it was just like, Hey, you want to come to the Muppet show? Why not? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, I would be, I would have to imagine that's coordinated in some way. Right. Um, It makes me wish that they did some stuff. And I guess they really didn't. You know, there's not a a Muppet show equivalent um, for them to do in the modern era. Obviously, they could still do Sesame Street. They still make new episodes of Sesame Street, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wish they did some stuff like that. Granted, the the Saturday Night Live episodes were both pretty good.
1: With um, Adam Driver. Yeah. When's he going to do something not good?
0: Um, I don't know, man. We Probably need, not anytime soon.
1: We need Adam Driver in Jumper 3. Oh, was there a Jumper 2? I'm just hoping there was.
0: <laughs> what if they just skipped Part 2? Jumped <laughs> it. They made, made, made Jumper 3. Straight to Jumper 3D. Oh, you... Speaking of that, you want to know what one of my craziest – this was before we started doing the podcast, Will and I. Uh, One of my craziest Star Wars theories was? hit me. Leading into The Force Awakens, I was convinced because you know how they were immediately upon saying the title, they weren't saying Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. It was just Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Uh I was like, I know what they're doing. When we go see this movie – the crawl is going to say episode 10. And then we're going to get prequels to the sequels eventually.
1: Oh, I think I'm going to – I feel like I've just had some 3POs. <laughs> Dear Lord. I, I can't deal with back and forward Star Wars anymore.
0: Look, I'm glad they didn't go that way, but I was convinced. I was like that – and then – We're we're probably going to have to deal with the fact that they're going to recast all these beloved characters for younger versions, but that's how they're going to do it. I just know it. I'm glad I was wrong, but that was definitely a theory I had.
1: This one's the best. Made me very happy. (laughs) I saw. Posted this one up on uh, social media today. I was just... Made me feel alive, horse. (laughs) I just... I felt so good. Skywalker identified. February 5th. Marvel's Star Wars 35, cover date May, Uh, ships in Dark Lord's Gambit, written by Archie Goodwin. Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader meet in person for the first time in the Marvel series on the Planet Monastery without any mention of their encounter in the novel splinter of the mind's eye readers continue to question the continuity in star wars publishing man i'm glad we're out of that it's like poetry horse it is it truly does all rhyme problem solved As I was saying to our um, good buddy Emily on Twitter today, it's like, thank God, because that could have led to a really tedious 40 years.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, dude, think about it. Like, just 35 years later or something, they would annoy you again with this and Luke and Darth Vader meeting in a a Marvel comic.
1: I know. They... They really didn't learn the lessons.
0: Who's the dude with the sick 3D glasses that Vader is holding in his other hand?
1: Oh, um, Cyclops with a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> so this poster, Dark Lord's Gambit, has got um, a very Mexican bootleg style Darth Vader And he's over a chessboard. And um, the pieces are our heroes. And in one hand, he's got Cyclops with a goatee. And in the other hand, he's got Luke Skywalker, who's now got a white leather jacket and a red lightsaber laser sword. And I've got to give a shout out to R2-D2 because he's the one trying to fight Darth Vader the most.
0: Yeah, he's right up in Darth Vader's grill.
1: Han Solo is hiding behind the title of the comic. What a <laughs> wuss. Not my and, Han Solo. Uh
0: the I don't know what they call it. It's the you know, the image up in the left hand corner oh. that's got like price and stuff.
1: As soon as you started the tone of your voice told me what you're gonna talk about. I don't like, know how.
0: <laughs> the coloring of luke skywalker's skin and the coloring of his pants is so close that if you just glimpse at it it looks like he's not wearing pants
1: yes i won't i can't (laughs) everything i want to say referencing that i can't say on the podcast so we will choose (laughs) why not none is um the gif i'll be throwing up there so um yeah april um run run us by this episode of uh star wars comics Hauls. uh april 1st april fool's day
0: uh luke duels vader Marvel i mean, that, that's comics- almost now
1: yeah, it's like two days from now. Oh, so this is like, this is this is a special 40-year anniversary. Yeah.
0: Marvel Comics, Star Wars number 37. We'll ignore the next three words. Ships. Mortal Kombat, written by Archie Goodwin. Mortal
1: Kombat! Dun, 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 bum, Fatality.
0: Johnny Cage. Mm. Uh, continues the confrontation oh, between Luke.
1: Not with a mouthful of coffee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Almost soiled myself.
0: Continues the confrontation between Luke and Vader on Monastery. Luke realizes he's not ready for a final fight with Vader and escapes. None of us into- are, dude. No. In the space with his allies. In the epilogue, Job of the Hutt discovers that Ben Solo or Ben Solo uh-huh. Sol- <laughs> destroyed his investment in pirate ships and reinstates the bounty on Solo. Han learns of the bounty after defending himself against a would be assassin.
1: Ooh. Hey, so that sounds like so it says Han Solo discovers that Han Solo Sorry, Jabba the Hutt discovers that Han Solo destroyed his investment in a pirate ship, and reinstates the bounty on Solo. So that would imply to me that Han Solo paid off the bounty, or paid off um, paid off Han, paid off Jabba for the spice. So bounty done. But right. then he's destroyed a pirate ship that that Jabba the Hutt owned. Bounty back on.
0: Yeah, and I think we might have covered earlier. um, Okay, so yeah. In June of 1979, in Marvel Comics number 28, Han and Chewie run into Jabba, who has the bounty on Han, and Han winds up rescuing Jabba, who agrees to call off the bounty.
1: Ah.
0: (laughs) But then I guess they got wind of... <laughs> the bounty still being a thing in Empire, and they're like, "Shit, we got to work it back
1: in. We got to fix this." Um, and can kind of things not matching up.
0: It's one. It, it makes me wonder. Like, I always assumed in Empire when Han says, "Well, you know that that bounty hunter we ran into," you know, when he's talking about in the the hallway scene with Leia, right? Yeah,
1: old Mandel, mate. come on,
0: right? Uh, I always assumed that that was referencing the holiday special with Boba Fett. But now this muddies the water. Is it talking about the events of this comic? Who
1: knows? I never took it as that. I always thought... Because I think Ord Mandel has been in the comics or something, like Dark Horse comics.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not that weird planet with the dinosaurs from the holiday special it's
1: more um batu ish from memory yeah um love this one empire novelization april 12th the empire novelization is published by del rey oh my god so yeah they're dropping it dropping it early Mm. that is crazy They really brought out the novelization before the movie? Oh, I mean, that was the way it was until Oh yeah, I know. Like yeah. but but this is the one that's got like the big surprise in it. Yep. Wow. Um Oh, what a bummer if you read the book. Oh, but then right. you've got you've got like nutbags like Jason that would like enjoy knowing going into the film. <laughs> C-3PO's. Um, the Empire novelization written, is published by Del Rey, written by Donald F. Glatt, an amateur filmmaker and one of Lucas's former classmates from USC. That's not what you know. The novelization is largely faithful to the screenplay, but also contains various idiosyncratic details, most of which are attributed to production changes. Here we go, horse. Here we go. For example, Yoda is described as being blue-skinned and Zuckus is a human-type bounty hunter. By the end of the week of Empire's theatrical release, the novelization sells two million copies. Pretty good. Hawes, in in modern terms, how many copies is that with inflation? Uh, About two million. Okay. Fair enough love the idea of Brodia Broda Yolu <laughs> <laughs> Yolu it sounds so too close speaking of yoju
0: yeah Jesse and I have over the past couple of months we typically put on something as we fall asleep right? and you can leave your hat on we uh (laughs) we've been watching the simpsons that's been our go-to and we're in
1: oh she mentioned on twitter today she's ahead of yeah and i I was like jesse save it for the podcast lady come on chill out this is this is this is horse's go-to story we 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 were uh
0: i think we're in like season six or seven and we, we invariably fall asleep and then have to sort of go back and figure, like, figure out the episodes we missed and stuff. And the other day we were laying in bed, and uh, I was just sort of checking stuff on my phone before I set my alarm, and the uh, the the hoju episode happens, right? Oh! And and I hear it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's where Steele got that. And Jesse goes, wait a second. <laughs> And, and she was, I was like, yep, that's where Steele got it. She was like, ah,
1: I get it now. Glad someone does. Mm-hmm. Thrilled. That is just, and I think to myself, what a wonderful <laughs> world. Hell yeah. Oh, my stars. Um, God, I hope I get to see Jesse this year.
0: Yeah, I'm. Man, I hope so too. I, we were just saying like yesterday. I was telling her like, man, if celebration does happen and we can make it, it is going to be so fun. After all this, it is going to be so much fun.
1: I'm thinking about drinking extra beer.
0: I might have one with you, buddy.
1: Break an edge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 My edge is smashed, shattered. It's like Darth Vader's helmet. It's all <laughs> over the shop.
0: You ready for a quick edge uh, uh, tangent? I love it. So I know this guy. I don't know him super well. He's Mike somebody- Pappas. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh who he i know him through sort of people that are in the music scene in birmingham right uh-huh. and he is or was for the longest time like a uh hardcore straight edge guy gotcha uh, straight ed- was in a straight edge punk band and stuff and has two giant x tattoos because you know that's sort of like the symbol of
1: straight edge do you know why
0: yes I do because uh if you go into a club or a a music venue under age uh and they put an x on your hand so they won't sell you alcohol
1: and then so the overage non-drinkers as solidarity to to, to ensure they will not get any alcohol even if they have a change of heart mid-gig they x up (coughs) and um So
0: this guy's got two giant X tattoos on the back of his calves, right? And For when he
1: orders beers with his feet.
0: Right. The last time I saw him, uh, he was drinking a beer. How could he not be? So does that, like, you know, do what you will with your life, no judgments. But when you're so devoted and hardcore to that particular movement, Like, does it go through your head like, uh, oh, man, I got those straight edge tattoos. What am I going to do about that? Break an edge and I got the edge tattoos and still displaying them proudly. Like, do you think maybe I get them lasered off or what? I don't know what the uh, like the rules are. Can you go back? Is there any going back after you break edge? I don't know.
1: You can go your edge. I gotcha. But your other... You might not be welcomed back into edge society.
0: That's what I wondered. Like, will all your straight edge buddies be like, no way, man. You got to get those lasered off.
1: The, um, I always think whores with stuff like that. Don't define yourself by what you don't do.
0: That's probably a good way to approach most things.
1: Be more about what you do do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what you do do
1: Well it's just like when you oh, Pause <laughs> Honestly Come on Um, if, you, if you'd said that In about a month's time I might have found it The funniest <laughs> thing of all time <laughs> We'll see how we go Yeah uh, I'll,
0: uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll set on a reminder for you In a month maybe listen back And see what you think
1: be, the, Welcome to Star Wars Year by do doo Oh, we got like sound effects. (laughs) Basically just bootleg the Geek Dudes podcast. (laughs) Hey now. (laughs) (coughs) Oh my God. Not enough is said. Our friends at the Geek Dudes podcast down in Melbourne, not not enough is said and they don't talk about it. They're just like blasé. Chris Fresh's toy collection is insane.
0: Buddy, I, like, every time he posts a picture from in his his fortress of toy solitude, I'm so impressed and, like, it is massive. And then you posted some pictures from, oh, I meant to ask you, did Mitch show up in a silly hat when you recorded with them? I don't think so. Man, that's disappointing. Apparently, that was his gimmick for a while. He would show up in a different silly hat.
1: Ah. At the
0: time they recorded. Wow. Man, that disappoints me. He was like, no, I can't show up in a silly hat. Steel's going to be there.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd hate... I don't want to be the person that stops people wearing their silly hat.
0: Do no, I, I, I figure like you could get behind a silly hat gimmick
1: yeah I don't know now i'm I'm, I'm just worried I'd, I'd I'd make fun of it in the wrong way and I'd put him off his silly hat silly hat on mitch silly yeah. hat on but his toy collection is it's really like it is it's worth a visit horse if you're ever in the area
0: oh I would love nothing more um unfortunately, I think current events. Because Jesse and I didn't have solid plans, but, you know, we were starting to piece together this idea of a trip to Japan and maybe a brief stopover in Australia. Um, And I don't know when that's going to happen now, but, man, I would I'd love to see that collection in person.
1: Can't wait to get back to Japan. Oh, I think we're going to wait until um, Harry's of remembering age. Mm hmm. And then go.
0: Yeah, I've been taking Japanese lessons on my oh, phone. Oh, that's right. For,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: For almost a year now. I will hit a year straight of daily two daily lessons, eh, probably within the next month.
1: <clears throat> so um, can you do like a Japanese translation of this episode for us? To no. maybe widen the market? <laughs> no,
0: no, sir. I can say... Konnichiwa onamaiwa oh ka? Konnichiwa, re,
1: Konnichiwa Renda. Konnichiwa Renda.
0: <laughs> and that is, hello, what is your name?
1: No, it's hello-render. dash <laughs> That's what I think I said. Hey, um, I'm all about this blue Yoda. Yo but, blue. Because, But I'm worried, because in my head, it's just Yoda but blue. But I don't think, like, I feel like when they were maybe thinking he would be blue, he was more wizardy or goblin y or something.
0: Uh, I think your theory might be confirmed or denied in a couple of pages.
1: Oh, okay. God. Sizzle. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. It's amazing. But um, imagine a world where Yoda was blue. And, like, we'd have a podcast where it was like, ah, um, oh, when I saw his little blue ears, <laughs>
0: I was blown away. Or in Revenge of the Sith, uh, Palpatine is like, my little blue friend.
1: Oh, blue yaddle. Bladdle. Blue yaddle. Bladdle. Imagine that. But um, it would have been huge. Blue Yoda, Zuckus is a human-type bounty hunter, and IG88 tap danced. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up our alley. Hey, um, do you want to go to? Do you want to do a bit of glitz and glam, hawes? The fifty-second Academy Awards. Woo! <clears throat> the
0: fifty-second Academy. Wait, Awards. wait,
1: wait! I just got let me put on my tux.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. And, you know, I love uh, dressing fancy.
1: Just neaten up your flat top.
0: (laughs) The 52nd Academy Awards are presided over by Johnny Carson. Kramer vs. Kramer is nominated for nine awards and wins for Best Picture. Best Director, Best Writing, Best Actor in a Leading Role, and Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Apocalypse Now is nominated for eight awards and wins two for Best Cinematography and Best Sound. Alien wins the award for best visual effects.
1: Here's the thing. This is where it, this is what annoys me about it, right? Kramer versus Kramer, right? Dustin Hoffman wins best picture. But yet Freddy versus Jason snubbed.
0: And I think Freddy versus Jason is a better movie.
1: Really? <laughs> I
0: Steel, when I tell you I was st- Star Wars level excited for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I am being, being completely honest.
1: I swear, hawes at high school age. I I just I you're just a character from Freaks and Geeks. It,
0: you're not far off, buddy. Like, at all. like
1: like the metal horror fan.
0: You know the. <clears throat> okay, so you've seen Freaks and Geeks, right? You know the character that's into Dallas. He's hardcore into Dallas.
1: Oh, not
0: nah. okay. I have that seen
1: was, I have seen them all, but I just can't get the Dallas thing.
0: That would have been me, but into metal and horror movies and Star Wars instead of Dallas. I. Went to see Freddy versus Jason three times in the theater. Three times. One for Freddy, one for Jason, then one for you. One for me, buddy. And that one for me was by myself. And I took my dad to see Freddy versus Jason for the second time. I went, on mid- I went at midnight with uh, all my buddies. And then I took my dad, and my dad was like, that was a waste of time. Why did you drag me to this? He didn't have as, as nostalgic uh, feelings about Freddy and Jason as, as I did from when oh. I was a kid and would have him take me to see those movies in the theater. Oh, my
1: God. Anyone else in the cinema when you went by yourself? No.
0: <laughs> and I'm not joking. I went up to the window and I said, can I get one for Freddy versus Jason? And the person at the window goes, Really?
1: Really? They said my sarcastic made-up thing that they said.
0: <laughs>
1: they were 10 years ahead of me, or maybe more. <laughs> I, I think more. I think it was a while. I did go see it at the cinema, though. I did go see it at the cinema Once.
0: I think it was, what was that, 2000, I think it was 2003. So I would have been in college by that point, but very, very
1: excited. Johnny Carson hosting the Academy Awards. My entire knowledge of Carson is from stories from David Letterman. Mm-hmm. And Simpson's episodes featuring Krusty the Clown.
0: One hundred percent the same. I have no personal reference for Johnny Carson. I remember watching his last episode, like that seemed like it was a big deal for my family. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, because it didn't I don't have any memory of them watching it previous to that, you know?
1: Yeah, but it was a big episode. Like Bet Midler, like like sung on a piano.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. I remember it being a big deal. And my dad was always, uh, as far as late night show goes, my dad loved David Letterman, loved him.
1: Oh, the man. And I do just have to say, I'm not sure if that happened in the final episode of Carson. Oh. But it did occur in the Krusty Comeback Spectacular. (laughs) It sure did. So I'm just just assuming that it's a very... uh, Accurate uh, reference? Yes, yes. Letterman, final Letterman... um, Watched it in my house by myself. Uh, Jackie was already in America. And halfway through the Foo Fighters song, started balling.
0: Dude, I love how much David Letterman loves the Foo Fighters. Because they're one of my favorite bands. And his favorite one of his favorite Foo Fighters songs is one of my favorite Foo Fighters songs.
1: I like the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I like Dave Bull. Think
0: he's there's, a a, dude. there's a
1: radio station here in LA called K-Rock.
0: Mm-hmm. Know it.
1: And they've signed some agreement that every fourth song is by the Foo Fighters. Oh, really? So it's it's not bad. It's not bad. I enjoy when they get back to their Foo Fighters. Um, What was I going to say about Carson? Uh, Oh, we went to his house once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Stop by. We're up in Malibu and I think we just had time. We didn't have children, so we had time. And we just Googled Star's Homes and we just drove around to the Star's Homes.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I'm still jealous that you lived down the street from the nightmare on Elm street house for a while.
1: Oh, it's just up the street. It's like Jackie's work is like on the, on the same block as the Kruger house.
0: That is so incredible.
1: Oh, my friend lived in it. Are you kidding me? Out the back.
0: Like in a guest house or yeah,
1: something? But they rented it. That's so awesome. And do you know what he said what happened weird when you were saying that?
0: Uh oh. What happened?
1: Nothing. Not a thing. Yeah. I makes thought you, th- you, th- makes you think. <laughs> makes you think. It's almost it was eerie how nothing happened. Chilling.
0: So I assume I don't know this for sure. I assume the the house and the movie they just Used for outside shots and they didn't actually film the movie inside the house?
1: I feel like that's correct.
0: Yeah, I think that is.
1: Um oh but Imagine going down to their basement.
0: Oh, with the boiler?
1: Either way, zero buys. Not doing it.
0: Oh, if it was filmed indoor like in the house, I would never ever Sleep in Nancy's bedroom. I don't know if you remember the scene where she's sleeping in the bedroom and Freddy starts coming out of the wall, oh. and like the wall is stretching above her and stuff.
1: I tell you what, I'm not doing taking a bath. No, no sir, no sir, dude, dude, zero buys, uh-uh. and, <laughs> and, and 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 if I had to. It would be zero use of my, my normally vicarious use of bubble bath. <laughs> no. It would be clear seas in the oh, Saunders I,
0: I, tub. It would be clear water. I'd have like two monster energy drinks on the edge of the tub that I just drink the whole time. I'm not falling asleep in that bathtub.
1: Oh, yeah, you have to stay awake. Yeah. I totally forgot that. That would have really... um that's an important thing to remember when I'm in my tub I feel safer now stay awake Fine. <coughs> um, so the Academy Awards how about this one this one's pretty cool Boston Pops John Williams conducts his first concert with the Boston Pops Orchestra as conductor in residence after replacing Arthur Fiedler whose 50-year tenure ended with his death the previous year Oh fingers there was there was whispers.
0: Hawes? Hmm. Wait, what, what are the whispers?
1: Well, that Williams might have um, played a part.
0: <laughs> Maybe uh, old Arthur Fielder fell asleep in his bathtub. Oh. And then instead of Freddy's glove coming up out of the water, it was just John Williams' conductor's stick. <laughs> it stabbed him in the chest. Yeah, and the Jaws theme started playing.
1: Oh, if, if, that, if that scene's playing in your head, you're having a great time. Because <laughs> I know I am. Um, two new compositions written by Williams for The Empire Strikes Back are premiered Yoda's theme and Imperial March. Oh, that's cool. I love the photo. C3PO. So there's actually C3PO is there, backstage. Attending John Williams' debut as official conductor of the Boss and Pops Orchestra, and it is actually Anthony Daniels, so they say. But how sick would it be, right? You're friends with John Williams, childhood friends, and um, he's got this big gig, so you get invited, and you got like a ba- backstage pass, and you're hanging out, <laughs> you're hanging out backstage, and then like C-3PO just comes in, cracks open a beer.
0: Starts drinking it through that little slit in the face mask.
1: Yeah, because that's the thing about backstage at these gigs whores. It's Free everything.
0: Oh. Having some sun chips and a beer.
1: It's it's very, very cool. Uh may we get hit with the iconic Empire Strikes Back Gone with the Wind poster. <clears throat> Roger Castle's painting for the Empire Strikes Back theatrical poster was inspired by the 1967 re-release poster for Gone with the Wind, which was designed by Tom Jung and painted by Howard Turpening. Hawes, yes, this sir. is the, uh, the classic. The Star Wars saga continues. You've got Darth Vader's helmet in the background, Han Solo draping Princess Leia, and... Luke Skywalker on a tauntaun. They release this poster in the newspaper and you ring your friend um, to chat about it. You, you ring your, your childhood, your, your primary school friend, Will. Right. You both got the newspaper. It's the first thing you've seen from the Empire Strikes Back. What do you theorize goes on? based on these images in the continuation of the Star Wars saga? Uh,
0: Well, I definitely think that X-Wings play more of a role (laughs) in Empire Strikes Back than they end up playing. Uh, I think there's some ice, maybe Superman's Fortress of Solitude.
1: Definitely looks like a crossover. And for those that are not sickos, in the top right-hand corner, there are three... Um, attack formation X-Wings. One of them is actually firing some lasers, And um, I don't think we see do we see opened wing X-Wings at all in the Empire Strikes Back?
0: I can't remember. I don't think so, right? Because really the only X-Wing action we get is Luke leaving and going to Dagobah and then pulling, you know, Yoda pulling the X-wing out of the swamp, and then Luke leaving again. I don't think we see them opened. I,
1: we also. S- oh, what about when they're um, flying with the the frigates?
0: I think that's what I was about to say. When they're escorting the escape parties, I bet you. Though, I think you're right.
1: Their attack formation, <coughs> maybe, but definitely far more X-wings. At least three. So. Um, how cool would it have been if they were snow speeders and then you like on the phone with will you would have thought they were like the new x-wings like they like you would and immediately think they're spaceships
0: oh yeah and i would have thought that luke has whatever this is he's riding through the whole movie as a kid i'd be like he's gonna ride that thing around all the time
1: like yoshi yeah yeah God, I love Yoshi Hawes. Me too. It's so soothing. It's like hopping on him. Mm-hmm. His little tongue comes out, eating you mushies. Feel,
0: you feel protected when you're on Yoshi. Mm. Very good.
1: Very good. The, um... Hoth seems a lot pointier. Yes. And then, um... Han Solo and Princess Leia getting up close and personal. They Looking seem like they seem like such adults. I know. <laughs> um, then, and we'll we'll finish up with this one for this episode. But but it's our favourite way to finish up. Hors, I will um, I will give you the honour, my buddy.
0: Also, in 1980, action figures. Kenner produces 10 new action figures to coincide with the release of The Empire Strikes Back. To preserve the surprise of Yoda in the film, his action figure is postponed until the following year, Baby Yoda style. Uh, And the figures that they have here are Han Solo in Hoth outfit, excellent figure. Lando Calrissian, excellent figure. Luke Skywalker, Vespin fatigue, excellent figure. Vespin security guard, eh, Leave it or take it or leave it. Imperial snowtrooper Hot battle gear, excellent figure. IG eighty eight,
1: what a good figure. That that's like, like very good. Like they had like droids are always the easiest, mm-hmm. but they did a very good job with IG eighty eight. And he came. With two weapons.
0: Count them. Two.
1: Bosk, bounty
0: hunter. Very good figure. Rebels.
1: I I, I tell you what let me down with Bosk. I don't like that one of his hands can't grab anything. I don't don't like that, 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 that flappy hand he's got there. And it's hard
0: to get him to hold his weapon in the hand that does work.
1: Oh, do you know what you have to do sometimes? Which is such like, you know, to the common man, they wouldn't know. But to the vintage figure collector, it's, it's, it's excruciating. Keeps you up at night. Sometimes you have to make him hold the gun like crossways just so yeah. he can hold it.
0: Yes. Ugh. Uh, Rebel soldier hot battle gear. And in my opinion, the best of the vinyl capes in the original vintage figures. Really, Leia Organa Vespin gown. I love that they did like the pattern on that cape. And FX-7, medical
1: droid. I feel like they're hitting their stride right now. Yeah. They're putting out some bangers. I kind of think, across the board, the Hoff rebel figures age the worst. Some of these heads are just like bloated chunks of rugged-up madness.
0: And what's interesting, look at that Han Solo. He's approaching Power of the Force 2 levels buff when compared to other Han Solo figures in the line. It's
1: the Gore-Tex. Yeah. Gore-Tex out. Um, I don't know, man. Lando Carizian could be best vinyl caped um, figure. Uh,
0: That is a good one. It is a good one. I can't say it's not. And, you know, it's hard to take away from the mystique of the vinyl cape Jawa. But that pattern that they, they went to the trouble of printing on the Vespin Leia just looks so cool to me.
1: I think we can all, all agree which one's the worst. <coughs> worst vinyl cape. Oh, actually, there's another contender. Uh,
0: what, what are your contenders?
1: Well, my first one, which I think I'm going to have to go with, is Sandperson. Tuscan yeah. Raider because it's too neat.
0: Yeah, it, w- it would have been better as a cloth, I think, like they did with the Jawas. Mm.
1: I also dislike the Snowtroopers one because it always breaks. Yeah,
0: it's very fragile and it's it's uh, a
1: little smock. Yeah, a little skirt. Not into it, but um, just some just some top chunks of plastic, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, alrighty, whores. That brings us to the end of the first few months of The Empire Strikes Back. And you know what happens straight up in the next episode? Oh, uh, the
0: movie comes out. <sighs> Whew.
1: Wild scenes. Oh, my stars. There's some good stuff across this page. Cannot wait. Um, and do you have time to do it now? oh uh, yeah. I need to make a quick phone call. Yeah, um, I um, break, I might break. Then I can do that. I might refill the coffee. Um, and as we said at the start, this one is up on our free feeds, and then we'll put up this next one on the Patreon, which uh, or the Patreon, which for three bucks on either the Blue Harvest or Steel Wars Patreon. Um you can hear all the Star Wars Ebo podcasts and all our other bonus uh shows and back episodes. We've got um both got various different um bonus shows. So you can be a uh a Patreon sicko like Maria and and, and hit up both and uh and get a mix. Yeah.
0: We got a killer episode coming out with Emily Lind on the Blue Harvest, uh, Patreon, where we talk about the X-Files.
1: Really? Yeah. Nice. Emily would be a real Fox Mulder type of girl, yeah?
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see that,
1: yeah. Hmm. What you you've recorded it and you don't know?
0: Well, I mean, we were, it was more discussing, uh... Two specific episodes, and the bad episode that we chose is really bad.
1: Oh, tight! What 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 goes down in it? Just give me a, a summary.
0: Uh, it is based around a virtual reality first-person shooter game where people start dying in the game and then dying in real life. Oof. it's real bad.
1: Is it because um, someone getting the electric chair for murder like got hit by lightning at that time and became one with the system or something?
0: No, it is not Ghost in the Machine.
1: In, in fact, oh no, I was saying my my reference was Shocker, Shocker, which is yeah. like which is sort of like electric electric shock Freddy Krueger. Yes.
0: Um, Seemingly, they don't ever explain how it happens in the episode. It's very confusing. Ah,
1: well, the truth is out there, horse So uh, yep. remember that. And uh, Shocker's these- uh, soundtrack was led by uh, Megadeth's No More Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> no More Mr. Nice Guy. And I remember the film clip with the clips from Shocker. Shocker really was, truly, no more Mr. Nice Guy. He was and- going, he, 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 no, no more of this nice guy killing people in real life. He's going to start <laughs> electrocuting them from death. <laughs>
0: My uh, local video store bet hard on Shocker
1: cool. and had way too many copies. Oof. The, the Jar Jar Binks of VHSs. <laughs> uh, all right, Hawes. Tremendous fun. I will, uh, I'll talk to you in about 10 minutes and uh, we'll be back. And, and we'll put them like, straight up so um, you guys get to experience the, the real-time thrill of a continuing conversation. And and we um we'll have to because it's another episode, we'll have to get in another sweet Shadows of the Empire reference in there somewhere.
0: We'll figure it out,
1: I'm sure. Good sizzle. Alright you guys, thanks so much and may that force be with you.